You've heard the word of God, and you've seen it, in a sense, and now I'm going to ask you to read it yourselves. Um, It's going to be a little tricky, so you're going to have to pay attention. Um, When it says congregation right, that's you, okay? Got that? Your congregation right. I thought that's your right hand. You can remember that. Congregation left, that's you. So when it says that, you'll be reading. When it says congregation all, guess who that is? Everybody. Okay. Stand for the reading of God's word again. Let it continue to saturate your souls. Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for. This is what the ancients were commended for. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We raise our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured, for the joy set before him endured, for the joy set before him. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Thank you. You may be seated. If today is your first Sunday with us, or if you've been gone much of the summer and are just back, I thought it might be helpful to you if we set a little bit of context. For the last 11 weeks, we have been in a series called By Faith, and it comes out of Hebrews chapter 11. If you want to get your Bibles out, there's some Bibles in the pews. Um, And we'll be in Hebrews 11, actually today focused a little more on Hebrew 12, the first three verses. If you have a pew Bible, it's on page 851. If you're looking in your own Bible, Hebrews is almost near the end, so go almost to the back. If you've missed these sermons and you kind of wish you could have heard them, there's a way for you to do that. That's always true, but let me show you. If you go to our webpage, it's collegewest.com, see the over on the bottom right button? If you push that button, it will take you here, and then each of those tell you each week, week by week, what is offered, and then when you push the one, it'll bring you to the sermon so that you can always catch up and be with us kind of collectively, those of us who worship together. During this series, we let the stories of men and women from Hebrews 11 help us understand faith a little more fully, what God intends for faith to be and do in our lives. Look at some of the people we studied. Rahab, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Joseph, Moses' parents, Moses, Joshua and the Israelites, and the on-name witnesses of verses 35 to 38. What they taught us about faith um, brought some new perspective for us. 
But even before this series, there were some things that I already believed about faith, and I would imagine you're pretty similar. First of all, I've always believed that faith is what is needed for us to be saved, all right? We need faith for salvation, for us to become children of God. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. A second thing that I've always believed about faith is that it sort of encompasses our total belief system, kind of that's how we talk about it, you know, keep the faith, baby. It's, it's that sort of a identification of a whole thing that, that we hold and live our lives by. Because you see, it requires faith for us to believe that God spoke words and the earth was formed. It, it takes faith to believe that Jesus came to earth and he was all God and all man that requires faith because we can't reason through it, takes faith to believe that this man, Jesus, was killed on a cross and then came back to life. And by doing so, that we now have access to God, it requires faith. Takes faith to believe that God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith is essential, and so for us, we claim our faith as a total body of understanding and acceptance. And thirdly, I've always understood faith to be something that gave me comfort and care. It's sort of when I would go through something hard, I had faith that there was something more going on. So it was these essential things that I began to understand the way I see it, kind of, is that this faith is, is a little bit like a life jacket. All right? I, Jesus offers it to me. God offers it to me. And, and I receive my faith from him. And I put it on. And as I have this faith on me, as I wear my faith, <laughs> I am saved out of sin. God kind of lifts me out of sin. And so faith is my life jacket that helps bring salvation. Faith is this protection that I wear that helps me identify all those things that I believe so that no matter what life kind of is doing, I, I know what I believe because I wear it. It, it is a comfort to me. When I have on my life jacket of faith, I feel more certain, you know, that God is with me and that it's gonna be okay. But this series has caused me to see faith a little differently. Not that this is not true, because this is true, it is essential, but I've come to understand that there's another dimension of faith, and that part of faith I see more like this. I, I see faith more as a kayak. Thanks, guys. You can just set it right there. Thank you. 
this part of faith it's an invitation to step into a more active faith this is pretty passive it snuggles round me and helps me this aspect of faith I won't fall, don't worry. Ask me to get in, and with this part of faith, I am then able to be carried into some circumstances that are much more difficult. This part of faith, I work with and am carried into the rapids of life. I can do things that I see as utterly impossible because I am riding in my kayak of faith. This faith means that life is gonna be really hard at times and I will be called to endure things that I might rather not endure, but God says to me, will you, Judy, in faith, step out in obedience. And so let me let you look at some images that help you capture what life is like in the kayak of faith. Look at the screens. Whether we are at a place where the river is calm or we are at a place where the rapids are extreme, it is by faith that we endure. And these two kinds of faith go together. It's not like when I climb into the kayak, I take off the life jacket. I need them both because there are times when life itself in the rapids will dump me out of my kayak faith but I continue to wear that sustaining faith that I've understood since the day I said yes to Jesus. So with that in mind, let's together read this passage one more time together. Read it with me if you would, please. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This passage is gonna be what helps us unfold and understand this a little more fully. And we're gonna just move our way right through it. First of all, what we see is, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I think when I first read that verse a while back, some time ago, I came to think about it more like this. I was in my kayak of faith, I was moving down the rapids of life, and the great cloud of witnesses, see them all up there? They're, they're watching over me, they are witnessing me. And it kind of added hope, kind of, kind of endurance and diligence to my faith because it was like, well man, if, well, what are your hindrances? What, what are your rapids right now? Can you think of one in your life that's a rapid? Maybe it's that somehow you got hurt by somebody. Somebody did something and you feel neglected or you know, you're upset or you were overlooked or somebody didn't treat you right and so you're a little, you know. Well, when I considered in my mind that these witnesses, you know, if I've got Noah, Moses, and Rahab watching over me, witnessing me, then in that kind of a context, it's like, well, wow, I am not going to row over to the side of the river and get off and lick my wounds, man. I'm, I'm going to stay in it. But I don't think that's quite what's meant here. Scholars would seem to indicate that rather than the witnesses as being people, heroes of faith, who look over me and sort of, you know, take something from me. They, they're watching over me. Instead, this means that these men and women, rather than taking from us, are giving to us. Because what they're doing is they're saying, let me show you, it can be done. Even when life is hard, even when it's unfair, you can do it. I did it. And their witness is a gift of hope that actually strengthens and shores up our faith. So in this perspective, if this week, this month, you felt overlooked by someone or disappointed by someone and you've got some kind of thing that feels unjust in your life and you remember the witnesses and you think about Joseph whose brother, brothers, plural, denied him and sold him into slavery. When you think about that and you remember that, wow, even though even his family rejected him, God still redeemed it, then there is this sense in which our faith is strengthened, isn't it? It's the reason that we as College Wesleyan Church are putting together this anthology. Remember back in Me to We, Soul Shifts, when we started, we said, give us your stories of faith, how you see God active. We've got 51 stories, and it's going to be the most beautiful book. We're not doing it for us. We're doing it to pass it on to the generations that come after us because we are declaring to all that God 
was active and alive and changing lives in 2015. So this great cloud of witnesses, of which we become witnesses ourselves, is a beginning point. What we see next is a caution, it's a command. We are told, so let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. You know, if you're riding in a kayak and a whole bunch of stuff gets wrapped around it, you know, maybe you go through weeds and, and you get to it through a part, maybe there's some logs kind of catch on. And, and what's going to happen? It, it's going to push your kayak off course. Your faith is going to be hampered because of those things. Maybe, maybe it's a habit that you have. And that particular habit gets in the way of you and your faith and you and your God. Maybe, maybe it's a hurt. Somebody did something that was hurtful to you and you can't let go. And it's hard to believe. Maybe it's just hindrances. Maybe, maybe it's the doubt that just keeps screaming in your brain. Maybe it just whispers in your brain, really? Is this real? Can God be trusted? But whatever it is for you that entangles your faith, this says, get rid of it. Cast it off. To which you may say, Judy, I don't know how. I have tried. I promise you, Judy, I have tried. I have tried to break that habit. I have tried to let go of that hurt. I have tried. What do I do? My friends, you need help. We all need help. God never intended for any one of us to do the journey of faith alone. You need to reach out for help. We as a church, College Wesleyan Church, we're, we're praying about whether or not we should bring this thing called Celebrate Recovery to College Church. It would be something that would be for all of us because it helps us become set free of those hurts and hindrances and habits that get our kayaks off course. But until then, Reach out to someone and let them help you detangle your kayak. It goes on. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did you know, do you know, that God has a race marked out for you? Every single one of us, God has a purpose for us. He has an intention for us. And it's ours and kind of ours alone. So often we look at one another and we go, well, this isn't fair. How come all this is happening to me? How come I was born into this family? How come that awful tragedy occurred in my life? How come... How come I don't like my path? But it's your path. And you have 
You have to stay on your course. And God longs for you to stay steady and to complete the course that he has set for you with perseverance. I'm sorry it doesn't seem fair. I am sorry for the heartaches in your life. But God says, run your path. Don't look at others. Run yours. And then we get sort of the most simple solution to how we stay on our path that he has given us. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If I am in my kayak of faith and I spend all my time looking here and looking here, looking here, looking at the rapids. I'm not going to go as far as fast. I have to have my eyes set on Jesus, firmly placed on him, to which you rightfully could say, how do you do that, Judy? How do you put your eyes on Jesus? It's not as hard as it may sound. It means that we think about him. It means that whatever's going on in your day, whether it's good or bad, you pause and you reflect and you say, Jesus, where are you in this? What are you trying to accomplish? What's going on here that I don't even know how to think about, but if I look at you, then I'm moving toward you and not just toward my own solutions. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, who is, one translator says, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. And when you look at Jesus, remember, you're looking at God himself. Keep your eyes on him. So often we move into the journey of faith and, you know, we love him and we go to church and, man, we even, you know, do spiritual formation groups and, you know, and I read the Bible sometimes. You know, once in a while I open it up and I'm a believer. I've got the faith. Are you really fixing your eyes on him day by day? This isn't something that we, you know, do once and then it lasts for a lifetime. This is, this is active. This is today as I wake up and head into my life, I choose to look at Jesus, to think about him, to spend time in his word that shines light on who he is. This is a daily decision, my friends. Fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith. And part of knowing Jesus is to know this phrase right here, this clause, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For the joy set before Jesus. What is that? If you look at Hebrews 10, 
Look through there. If you look at John 17, you begin to get some clues about what it may be that this joy is that's set before him. I think there are two parts. Hebrew 10 and John 17 give us one part of it very clearly. I believe very confidently that the joy that was set before Jesus was to perform his Father's will. It was it was to complete the path that he had been given. It was to walk in obedience. Jesus loved God so much that the whole point of his coming to earth was in obedience to God the Father. And so the joy set before him was for him to be able to be back face to face with God and say, I did it. I did what you gave me to do. I accomplished what you called me to. And remember, every single one of us have purpose from God, whether you're aware of it today or not. But the joy set before you is to know and to be certain that what you are doing, the way you are living your life, moves you to this place of being able to say, God, I stayed in the kayak and I finished the course and I have accomplished what you gave me to do. For the joy set before Jesus, he endured. He endured. Jesus Part of him was all man, and I believe that part of him that was all man had his own kayak of faith. Because Jesus' rapids were horrendous. He was publicly shamed. People spat upon him. He was physically abused. He was stripped naked and hung publicly on a cross to die. He endured because enduring was part of accomplishing what God had called him to so that he could see the joy set before him my friends, when you feel like you have a lot to endure, may I remind you that you are in very good company. Jesus endured. For the joy set before him. And then we find that after he did, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And here I think we have the other part of what that joy was that he was looking toward. I think one of the greatest joys that he ever received was when he got to be back home. I taught on a ship, I went around the world, 
it wasn't long, a hundred days, and, and, and it wasn't painful. God was with me, and I, I really believed that I was to be there. It was fine, but I was so homesick. I wanted so desperately to just be with my family and friends and things that were familiar, and I remember marking off day by day, day after day, till I got to be home. And I remember getting off that airplane walking down that runway and seeing my family and friends and being home. We forget as believers that one of the greatest sacrifices for Jesus in coming to this sinful earth is that he didn't get to be with God himself for a little while. And I believe one of the greatest joys set before him was knowing that he would finally be home And he did that for us. The sacrifice was for us so that we too would one day be home with God. And we didn't even know how familiar that will be when we get to that point. So, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. But Judy, how? How do we do this? How do we do this by faith thing? I think that this passage has such incredible clues for us. And I'm gonna challenge those of you who are a part of this congregation or if you're here for the first time, I challenge you to memorize this. Hebrews 12, one through three, make it a part of the fabric of your life. Because you see, by faith, by active faith, not just the passive faith, but by active faith, Remember who is witnessing for you. Remember their stories and know that you can do it. It's been done. By faith, keep getting rid of the hindrances that get your faith off track. By faith, run your race and stop comparing by faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus every day and by faith. Remember the joy set before you. Remember the joy set before you. It's your calling. It's your purpose. It's what he intends to do in and through you in your lifetime so that you can appear before God saying, I did it. Here I am. I completed the race and I did it for you. For the joy set before you, endure Endure whatever life brings you, keeping yourself deeply embedded in your kayak of faith. And do it knowing 
that you will see him face to face. For the joy set before you, endure.